The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, <laughs> episode number 237 for July oh, 11th, boy. 2021. I am Marty. And I am Kristoff, and uh, I, I probably said the two funniest things I'm going to say today off the air, so I apologize <laughs> to everybody listening. <laughs> uh well you know we we are in rare form as uh your your boys were out late last night That's right uh yes uh as you probably uh have put one one together from last week it was a Rough house road trip, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How much time did you spend looking for this? Uh, none. They were default sound effects oh. that were in the app I use. <laughs> the two greatest words in the English language. Default. Default. Yes. It was a fantastic. Day I have one. to thank the inanimate carbon rod for that. <laughs> day one of the Rough House Road Trip, as we are off to Ring of Honor's best in the world this evening. We'll so, be uh, the judge of that, Dave <laughs> Honor. <laughs> But uh, we uh, headed north to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to the former Viking Hall, the former ECW Arena, the former XPW Arena, the former uh, <laughs> what else have they called it over the years? Well, right now it's a 2300. That's the important part. Yeah. Uh, we headed to the 2300 Arena, the heavily renovated former home of ECW. Yep. As we were there live for MLW Major League Wrestling's Battle Riot 3 taping. Uh, as it was a lengthy evening of taping for MLW Fusion, which airs on BN Sports and Vice TV. Mm-hmm. Um, we were there for primarily the uh, on-screen birth of Azteca Underground. The which resulted in one spin-off. promo. Yeah, one <laughs> promo and technically one match, which also was probably our favorite match of the night. Um yeah. But yes, Azteca Underground, not quite Lucha Underground. Uh, Caesar Dorian, the former uh, Cueto uh, brother. Uh, Dario, <laughs> Dario Cueto. Dario yes. Cueto. Uh, now Cesar Duran. Yes. Uh, he kicked off uh, the uh, what we saw. <laughs> Turns out there were four matches before that. Uh, well, he he yeah, kicked so off the show, we- did a promo, whole nine. Um, but that was the primary Azteca Underground stuff. Right. And, you know, we, uh, you know, we didn't get there right as doors opened because uh, no. we didn't want to stand in line uh, for one. And for two, there, you know, I, I, a lot of those matches that you read off uh, prior to me that happened bef- that we missed, I didn't even, you know, know were happening or yes. have heard of those people. So I'm not yeah. super, super bummed out about it. But uh, the important thing to note is that we did uh, go to Tony Luke's first and uh, and get a <laughs> cheesesteak. So, so that's I feel like more important than yes yes most the, of the, the, the true philadelphia happened. experience 
Although that was option two, uh, as we were totally trying to go to a lucha taco place. Uh, but that was just swarmed with the whites, so uh, we were unable. <laughs> it it was that. it was like in the heart of downtown. I'm talking like a block and a half from Independence Hall. Like yes. parking was a son of a bitch on a Saturday afternoon, and uh, you know we were we just we took a couple of rolls around the block, and we we're like, all right, let's just go to Tony Luke's. So uh, <laughs> yes. cheese steaks all around. Uh, you know, just because I feel like people would be interested. Um, I got mine with uh, sharp provolone and mm. fried onions. Mm. And uh, and I got some onion rings for the table. Yes, yes. Uh, those <laughs> onion rings were surprisingly good. They were really fucking good. Yeah, I was I was very shocked by that. Uh, by the way, I'm a, I'm, I'm a whiz wit guy. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't the whiz I. Well, in <sighs> Philly, man. No, I Philly. get it. I get it. But I feel like the stigma of provolone has been lifted in in more recent years. Oh it used yeah, to be, I mean the fact used to be that I saw. Nothing. The fact that I saw on the menu that they offered, quote unquote, a cheesesteak hoagie, which was what we know as a cheesesteak here in Maryland, yeah. where it's like lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, whole nine. Right. I was shocked. I was dumbfounded because, you know, a few years ago, that definitely was not an option. No, you'd get uh, pushed out of the building and shoved on a South Street, you exactly, know, exactly. <laughs> in, in, in oncoming traffic. <laughs> yeah. The the mini game of Frogger uh, that is the yeah. spot outside wow. of Tony Luke's. I will say the I think the most authentic Philly experience was from the person taking orders at Tony Luke though. <laughs> she yes. was she was Philly through and through. Yes. And I feel bad for the poor Asian girl who ordered ahead of us, who there was a little bit of a language barrier issue happening and uh yeah. the uh the, the, the order taker at Tony Luke's not super patient. No. <laughs> with, no with uh, the, said, the exact um, opposite there visitor. Yeah, um, so, and a little awkward. You know, it, I, I <laughs> I've heard this phrase used much more intelligently in like Discovery Channel documentaries and stuff. But that was definitely a conversation of a country divided by a common language. Uh, they were definitely <laughs> both speaking English, but neither person wanted to or cared to understand the other. So it was yeah, uh, it was real fun. Um, but hey. Damn fine cheesesteak. Damn fine. Damn fine indeed. And then, yeah, then the wrestling happened. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And it was a long night. I mean, we got in there. By the time we got into the arena, it was just about 7 o'clock. Apparently, we had missed three matches. We caught the literal tail end of the bunkhouse brawl between uh, the Von Eriks and Team Filthy. Uh, We were there until 1130. And that Mm -hmm. was us leaving while... The winner of the battle riot was celebrating. So yeah, clearly, like, people right, were go. there later. <laughs> yeah, we saw what we needed to see. If there was a post match uh, attack, we missed it. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, I figured out. Um, okay, I guess that's a spoiler if I talk about this guy right now, huh? Uh, <laughs> you, well, let's let, let's just land in it. We're going to spoil what happened on a show that probably. Zero percent of you watch. Yeah, if you're um, super invested in MLW, skip ahead five minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're not three, we're not going to go match by match. Three here. minutes. Um, <laughs> Let's be fair. But uh, Alexander Hamlet, Hammerstone, uh, <laughs> as I, Alexander I, Hammerstone. Yes, his name is Alexander, Alexander Hammerstone. Hammerstone. Uh, he ended up winning Battle Riot, a forty man battle royal that included not one but two appearances by Savio Vega. Uh, yeah, as he showed up both as Savio and his former uh, uh, New Generation era uh, character Quang. Yeah, yeah. Nothing says '90s pro wrestling quite like a Puerto Rican man who was a not quite great Muda. Um, yeah, 
that pretty much sums it up. Also, a surprise appearance from Kimchi, the handler I mean, of Kamala. And by come on. appearance of Kimchi, I mean they dressed up some jobber in right. Kimchi gear. Uh, uh, I think the biggest pop of the night came from the Blue Meanie, though. Yes, Blue Meanie obviously. made a surprise appearance uh, in in the home of ECW. Yeah. Um, there's also uh, some guy named the Beast Man who I had never seen before. Uh, he was uh, – if you take both of Bear Country and merge <laughs> them with Jungle Boy and yes. then that's that's that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a large fellow. Very large fellow. Very, very large. Um, that very, EJ Nudka guy who uh, was the e- NXT castoff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he showed up. He is definitely not ready for prime time, but goddamn is he impressive looking. He he's a specimen. Yes. He's he's tall. He's got a great physique. He, he has some charisma, but yeah, once he gets the you know actually wrestling part down, yeah, yeah, he'll you, be really you good. You can definitely see the the gears moving in his head during yeah. the battle royal. I think the strangest thing about uh, the battle riot, uh, as much as it was like sort of the you know premiere thing for the show, um, was it uh, it was kind of a gigantic clusterfuck. Um, they took a very long time to eliminate anyone. There was definitely a yeah. point where there was about 20 people in the ring. Yeah, in and around. I mean, people were, like, lying on the apron sort of situation. You know you know how it is in a battle royal. Yeah. but, but <laughs> People like, clutching onto the ropes on all four sides. You know, I'm, I, I, I don't want to talk shit because I imagine it's difficult to plan a battle royal as is. But this was not the Pat Patterson level, uh, let's have different stories play out throughout the match battle royal this was just no. like this light on story yeah yeah it was it was <laughs> it was very very odd um but you know cluster fucky th- i think is the term yes, we used very cluster fucky um but on the whole you know there were some fun matches um i i really enjoyed calvin tankman who if you've never seen before is just yeah this massive beefy boy him and lee moriarty had a real fun big guy little guy match yep. uh i wanted to see a lot more from moriarty uh over the course of the night because i've heard a lot of great things about him i thought his match with tankman was fun but like it was more about getting tankman over as just a beast than yeah. moriarty looking real good yeah maybe um, if it was a, a moriarty versus another flippy dude we yes. would have kind of gotten that sort of thing yeah but, I, uh, I i did enjoy the look at both of those guys yeah uh, i hate to say it but you know moriarty versus tjp probably would have been a better styles match there yeah um, we, t- we took a sabbatical during uh tjp versus davy richards <laughs> yeah that match was exactly what you thought it would be uh which was <laughs> Definitely two dudes going, we're going 20, brother. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just kind of jerking each other off. But uh, Aramis. Actually, that would be more interesting. Yes, that's Actually fair. watching them jerk each other off in the middle of the ring. Yes. What kind of technique they would use. Uh, you know, what uh, sort of lube <laughs> they would bring to the ring as, uh, oh, as Davey an Richards. Davy Richards goes with uh, his raw calloused hands. Undoubtedly. Oh, God. Undoubtedly. Oh, sounds, does he at least spit in them first? No. I mean, come on, Davy. No. He works stiff, brother. Does he wring um, some sweat out of his uh, out of his <laughs> hair and just use that? It's a little salty, but it'll work in a pinch. Yeah, he does the he does the finger gun point at his dick. <laughs> yeah, he goes. At yeah. It. Um, and then, and then they, as they both climax, they both you know the the real winner is who can shoot higher in the air. Exactly, that's how exactly. that works. I'm not sure of how jerk off competitions work at IRL. No, <laughs> so no, have, I'm have just, it, I'm, haven't I'm been to too many here. myself. I'm but by far and large, the overall highlight of the night was uh, from two Azteca underground competitors, as it was Aramis uh, versus Arez. Um, 
I had never laid eyes on either guy. I know Aramis had done some work for PWG. He was part of the 2019 uh, oh. in Los Angeles. Okay. Whereas I had never seen, I'd heard the name and results because I, I believe he's done some uh, GCW work and, and that sort of thing. But this was, you know, that perfect. Here's two guys that are going to show you a style of match you aren't going to get anywhere else that know each other well enough that they have like 20 sequences that they can do. Yeah. Um, it was just super goddamn fun. And I'm pretty sure people were doing the throw the money in the ring gimmick after yes. the match. Yep. Um, but I, it, it was just spectacular. Like I, I saw stuff in that match I'd never seen before. Uh, you know, not just of the Lucha style, but, you know, really interesting and wild ways of getting into sort of the, you know, standard base post flip yeah. style that we're used to from Lucha. Just, I, I'm pretty sure there was like one weird moment where like a res basically used his foot and angled uh, foot, foot and ankle to like hook around yeah. Aramis's head and, and like smoothly put that into a submission. I'd never yeah. seen anything like it. It was like one of the smoothest and coolest transitions I've ever seen in pro wrestling. Yeah. The reversals <laughs> and transitions were were really good. And it was just that fast paced lucha, you know, style. A lot of kicks, yeah. a lot of flying and reversals and, you know, a fair amount of mat work too. It was just, you know, they had the crowd eating out of the palm of their hands. Yeah. And us especially. Um, you know, hanging out in the the southeast corner. Yes. Yeah. Uh by the way, uh that twenty three hundred arena uh, very much valuing what section you were sitting in for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but also we, we had the, the real fun joy of seeing kayfabe broken in real time as uh, we were standing by the, the uh, beer and food section of the arena. And in yeah. turn, we can tell you what wrestlers got chicken tenders after their matches <laughs> up to including MLW world champion Jacob Fatu. Now the the question I have: Did we see them pay for these chicken tenders? Or I, I didn't I didn't pay that close attention. <laughs> right. I'm curious if Court Bauer's putting out for uh, you know anybody got, who comes in and wrestling here. That, that's gets, what Vice uh, is paying for. <laughs> gets them chicky tendies and yeah. French fries. Um, you know, I don't, and I'm also curious as to which kind of sauce they would uh, they would choose for their tenders and fries. You know, uh, Jacob Fatu strikes me as a no sauce guy. He doesn't need the extra calories. You know, he's <laughs> yeah, <that guy. laughs> even though he's a big, big boy. That's another match that I really enjoyed. Uh, Fatu defended the uh, world title against Matt Cross. Um, yes. Surreal to see Cross still at this level because he's a guy who definitely should have been picked up ages ago. Still at uh, this level and still in that shape. Yeah. Uh, incredible fantastic. shape. Um, you know, no chicky tennis from Matt Cross. Baby. No, no, not a single carb for no. that guy in the past 20 years. Um, but Fatu is a beast. Like that guy is. He's a superstar. Yeah, he's ready. Like wh- whoever wants to pull a trigger on him and put him on, you know, mainstream television. He's ready. He's you could put you could put him in a match with Roman Reigns tomorrow and it would roll. Yes, like he's yeah. he's got it all. Yeah, uh, he's <clears throat> he's shockingly agile. He's. Just very impressive, uh, both in how he presents himself, but also in like the little things, you know, his strikes, kicks, everything just look real fucking good. Um, And and he comes off like a world champion as well. He should. Um, But, you know, I I would say as a whole, it was a fun evening. Uh, You know, I'm not going to with the possible exception (laughs) uh, with the possible exception of trying to track down the taped version uh, of Ramos versus Arez. 
I'm not going to be like, you know, a weekly viewer of MLW Fusion at this point. Right. Um, but we had a really good time. And, you yeah. know, if because they're coming back to Philly in October, if we decided, hey, do you want to go? Or if something on the card like made us right. very interested, like if there was a lot more Lucha, um, yeah. you know, I think it would be a fun time. But, uh, you know, what I will say to the Rough House listeners is if you have an opportunity to go to an MLW show, it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I did enjoy it. It was our first. God, I'm trying to remember the last wrestling show I went to pre uh, pre pandemic. And I don't remember. I think it was um, Full Gear. Full Gear at the Arena. That, well, that was ni- at the end of 19, right? November yeah. 19. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you may be right. I don't remember if there was anything, uh, anything after that. Yeah, because that the New Japan shows were that summer, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe a Ring of Honor before. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was nice to see pro wrestling live again. The crowd, you know, it was a sold out show. Um, Hot you crowd. Know, the, yeah, the the crowd was into it. A lot of people were really into it. Um, you know, yeah. people recognize theme songs and stuff like that. So that's good to see. Um, yeah, there, but... there definitely is a <clears throat> dedicated MLW fan base. Yeah, um, which again, very nice to see. Uh, and, and hey, you know, it, it's good to see companies succeeding that aren't just the top ones. Yeah. Um, you know, having a sold out ECW arena. Um, that's a feather in the cap. A, a feather in the cap, and uh, you know, hopefully, our uh, our run of good shows continues tonight as we go to uh, Best in the World for Ring of Honor. Uh, again, it's not a show that I think either one of us is like. You know what? There's eleven matches, and we want to see all eleven. But yeah, no. uh, there's there's definitely some matches we're very excited to see up to and including the main event of Roosh defending the Ring of Honor World Title against Bandito. Um, that should yeah. be an absolute banger. Uh, and I'm essentially most excited for the first pre-show match and the main event. <laughs> Everything else in between is like various levels of okay. Yeah. But yeah, the, the the pre-show has Dan Housen and PCO against two people whose names I don't remember um, in a tag match, and um, the other pre-show match is like Demonic Flamita versus Ray Horace. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm here for that hot, hot lucha action. Um, <clears throat> And then, yeah, it's pretty much bookend by stuff I wanted to see right. because the main is Rush and Bandito and I guess the uh, uh, semi-main or maybe – I don't know where it's going to be in the card. But it's Dragon Lee versus – who's Dragon Lee fighting uh, again? Uh, Tony Deppen for the Tony uh, TV title. Um, yeah, it's an 11-match show, which is mm. – is pr- it's, it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. to take in. But at least we'll be sitting this time. Yes. Uh, I'm definitely uh, interested in Jay Lethal versus Brody King. Uh, yeah, because I've become a big uh, Birdie King guy. Um, Gresham the, has a match too, right? Uh, yes, uh, he's Mr. defending Jordan the Grace. pure title against Mike Bennett. Which okay, yeah. Um, uh, I will say the fight without honor world tag team title match could be good. Uh, the foundations Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams defending the tag titles Titus. against Violence Unlimited. <laughs> Uh, okay. Chris Dickinson and Homicide. So that oh that, Dickinson's there. Okay, yeah. So that should be a lot of plunder. I like Chris Dickinson. Yeah, yeah. Dick strings all, right. all day. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a show. You know, there's supposed to be a Matt Taven talk ta- uh, segment in there. Hopefully, it's brief. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, with, uh, with Vincent 
the guy yeah. whose gimmick is he really likes horror movies. Yeah. So the Lyca lads. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Not quite the gorehound. But hey, Chris, legally we are required to get into this, so here we go. There's no we're not. This is, this is a lie. The revolutionary force in sports. I'm going to get Jerry McDevitt on the line. Confirm that. <laughs> in the bylaws of the Rough House uh, mission statement. So the post-cut era has begun. In WWE. And <clears throat> well, it was really the end of the Thunderdome era. Yeah, yeah. The end of the Thunderdome era. Um, t- uh, tomorrow, Monday's show is the last show in the Thunderdome. Oh, um, I thought Friday was. Okay. Um, well, uh, Raw is already taped. So, oh, I yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So, so uh, I was half right. Exactly. So in, <laughs> in terms of chronology, you're correct. Yes. But in terms of what's airing, Monday's show still in the Thunderdome. Next Friday, back to live crowds. Next Sunday is Money in the Bank, which is fucking Dang. wild. Um, but uh, we we started to get to see Wee-wee. influx of NXT talent into the SmackDown roster uh, as some some faces that we um, had heard had been given dark matches mm-hmm. uh, actually now are appearing on the show. That includes Tegan Knox, who had quite the week Monday working a dark match on Raw. Tuesday showing up to cost Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell the NXT Women's Tag Team titles, and then immediately hopping over to SmackDown, making her main roster to debut and losing her first name as she and the former Shotzi Blackheart, now Shotzi, have been added to the uh, women's division on SmackDown, beating in a non-title match... The women's tag team champions. Oh wow, I didn't hear that part. Okay, yes. are is, are the women's tag team champions still um, Natty, Natty and, Tamina? and Tamina? Yes. Wow, yes, they are. Okay, cool. I mean, you know, I like Shotzi Blackheart and <laughs> Tegan Knox. You know, been a little injury uh, bitten by the injury bug uh, in her WWE stint, but I've enjoyed what I've seen of her. So good for them. Make that money. Get on that roster. Do double duty if you have to. Yeah. Um. You know. I mean. I, I mean, you know. that is the question mark to me. Is Tegan going to be on NXT and SmackDown at the same time to wrap up well. the story with Candice? Probably not. It's probably it'll probably just get you know. <laughs> yeah. Just ignored. You know. Yeah. Uh, the right also, hand doesn't listen to the left or, very, or whatever that cliche is. Very, very true. Also on SmackDown this week, uh, it was revealed that Tony Storm is going to be coming to the blue brand. Tony time. It's about time for Tony. Like she's been it's, main roster yeah. ready for easily two years now. Yeah. I mean, she was main roster ready before Rhea Ripley even won the NXT title. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, back at evolution, I think the, right. uh, Tony was ready. But, uh, you know, it's finally happening. They announced that on Friday. Uh, also on Friday, we got the the full rundown for Money in the Bank. Um, we, we'll probably get more into that next week, you know, on the eve of yeah. the show. Uh, but to me, the most the surprising morning. thing about the SmackDown side of things, because look, Raw was the same show that it's been for weeks and weeks <laughs> and weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, Jimmy Uso, despite his third DUI, um, he was on the show. And- and uh, third DUI and fourth arrest because there was that yeah. one time he wasn't driving and tried to fight a cop. That's true. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jimmy Uso, who, God damn it, the internet got what they needed. He blew a two oh five. Yeah. Wow. I uh, mean, poetry. Yeah. Uh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Um, he was on SmackDown on Friday, and apparently nothing is going to be done uh, in this era of dudes getting cut just for breathing wrong. 
Man. Uh, Jimmy Uso, still employed. I feel like there's at some point there's got to be an accountability thing, both on Jimmy Uso and on WWE yeah. to, to set an example. Like, I don't understand why in the year of our Lord 2021, a dude who is easily pulling in six figures plus. Yeah. Is getting hit with a DUI. You have a smartphone. You have Uber. Yeah. Call a fucking cab. They still exist. Yeah. Call a friend. Have yeah. your wife drive. Have your, you know, have a, a, a one of the boys drive. You yeah. Know? Where's Jay? <laughs> have Jay drive you. Yeah. Have one of the 19 Anoa'i family members drive you. Right. <laughs> I'm sure there's hangers on. You yeah. know, come on. Yeah. Uh, why on earth do you need to drive so far above the legal limit? I, yeah. it, it's it's just irresponsible. Like, you yeah. know, it, it it's not like, you know, when when there was the um, the the incident with him and Naomi, that definitely was. Oh, people of color were driving a car. They end up going down the wrong way on a one way, and there were some cops that definitely wanted to Start make a situation. Yeah, I get that. This just sucks. Like yeah. th- this is. There is nothing redeemable. There is no answer that I think one could give me where I go, oh, it makes sense for him to get into a car like that. Yeah. No, there, there, there's no excuse. Um, and like I said, it the WWE silence, not even releasing a statement on it. Yeah. Is suspect. Yeah. I mean, I would have been fine with them doing their traditional look. What the superstars of the world wrestling entertainment do outside of the shows is the responsibility and blah, blah, blah of their own individual actions. And <laughs> Unless they're making money on their name that we own. Yes. <laughs> In yes. which case we'll intervene. Yes. The other thing which absolutely sucks is, let's be honest here. If this is his third DUI in four years. He shouldn't have a license. Well, A, he shouldn't have a license, but B... <laughs> There's no way this is only the third time he's driven drunk in oh, four yeah. years. It's the third time he's been caught. Yes. The, the, there are undoubtedly dozens of times that sure. Jude is behind the wheel like this. You know, you, you finish you finish a show at the Thunderdome, you swing by the Buffalo Wild Wings, you know, yeah. you get some uh some some uh some Parmesan garlic bonus as, wings. As we learn again, pro wrestlers love their chicky tendies. All day long. All day. <laughs> get a get a couple tall boys. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, call a fucking Uber, man. Yeah. Like it's. Or Lyft. Hell. <laughs> yeah. Either one. I'm yeah. not. Uh, Whoever is sponsoring the show, be yeah. a company man. Uh, Even, well, you know, at that point, whatever. Call call whomever. Yeah. Uh, fucking call an NXT guy to pick you up. Like, <laughs> yeah. Have them pay the their dues. Uh, just, it, it, it absolutely sucks. And seeing. No recourse because the big story on SmackDown this week was, oh, the the Usos and Roman are finally united force. <laughs> are they, though? Yeah. Well, uh, next Kinda week. Kind of like a Michael Corleone hug right there. Yeah. Ne- next week on SmackDown, it's going to be uh, Roman and the Usos against the Mysterios and Edge. Oh. So, oh, boy. Um, okay. But it's just, it's just a goddamn mess. And... There are no winners here. Like, no one looks good after this. Especially, uh, and I, I really hope that there is no one in the OG 538 that this applies to. But 
the people who over the last 24 hours took this as an opportunity to hop on Twitter and yell at Naomi. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely uncalled for. Like, I fuck up. It's not my wife's fault. Right. Yeah. Cyberbullying, cyber you know, unless it's to Baron Corbin, is uh, completely <laughs> that's unacceptable. That's at this the point. only person it's the acceptable. Only, the only person well, that no, we, that's not true. we'll tolerate. Baron uh, Corbin and at Sunted Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the two... Yeah. People who Maybe TJP. Yeah. You oh, know what? Uh, we'll give you a list. Is on we will list. issue a list Flipboard at Roughhouse SGW. Also on that list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that the list is kind of lengthy, but they're yeah. deserved. Yes. They're deserved. None Naomi of them are Naomi. does not deserve this. No. Absolutely. She's, she's, uh, she's a loving wife, a fantastic competitor. Um, and she's got cool shoes. And she feels the glow. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, that's a, that's a bummer that she had to delete her Twitter account. Yeah. You know, Twitter... Is Twitter the worst thing to happen to wrestling? <laughs> it's up there, man. It I mean, is up there. I'm certainly it's more be on the aware. Rushmore. I'm well. Social media. Let's just let's just yeah, paint okay. with that brush because you know there are people on Instagram who are just as bad as they are on other. This is true. Services. This is true. Um, it, uh, it it definitely has shown some of the worst sides of these competitors. Um, however, this week I learned that one of my Strongest theories is not true. Because I discovered, thanks to a competitor receiving their vaccination and Mm -hmm. due to side effects being pulled off of two summer struggle shows, it is not the head injury which makes a professional wrestler anti-vax. It's the professional wrestler because the most head injury prone pro wrestler we know Kota Ibushi pulled off of this weekend's shows due to vaccination fallout. I didn't think that um, God could get, uh, you know, sick. <laughs> turns out he can't, and turns out he's doing the right thing. Um, actually, uh, Bushi well, they're doing the right thing for yeah, him. Yeah. Bushi Road announced that all of their competitors have had at least their first shot, already making them better than another company. Mm-hmm. Um, and in turn, Coda, uh, I, I guess he got that Moderna flu. I get it. Been there. Done that. Yeah. Uh, you know, got the Pfizer chills. Uh, he was unable to be part of the Summer Struggle shows this weekend. Uh, the Summer Struggle shows are struggling as uh, Tokyo is entering another state of emergency. Yeah, as the Olympics are about to start. Yes. And they, they announced that the Olympics will not have uh, spectators in the stands. It is Japan's kind of a fucking mess right now, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this also means that the re-rescheduled Tokyo Dome show will have at max a whopping 5,000 fans in a 40,000-seat building. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's not great. No, um, I, no and it I, is not. Honestly, I feel bad for um, I feel bad for Shingo because yeah. he's going to be headlining the dome, yeah. and it's going to be uh, very echoey in yeah, there. This, this, a lot of reverb. Is, this is no different than John Moxley's AEW title reign. You know, like true. You know, on one hand, Mox did great work. On the other hand, he's always going to be the pandemic champion. Yeah. Um, because at least so far, AEW has not shown themselves to be a company to be like, all right, well, you get round two now. Yeah. Um, I mean, because well, there's so many, as we've talked about in the past, there's so yeah. many people who, you know, deserve a run. 100%. 
Um, so yeah, definitely a bummer for Shingo. But hey, this weekend on a uh, series of back-to-back cards, they did kind of book the most perfect roughhouse match that they possibly could <laughs> as in the wee hours of this morning, Shingo Takagi went one-on-one with Master Watto. Yeah, he found his way to the Grandmaster. Yeah. And, you know, final, final boss, Master Watto. Yeah, and got Larry to Hardy pooped his it. pants. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, as much as I would really love to see Shingo beat up on this kid, um, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. Um, <laughs> I, I did hear, uh, I, I think it was during one of the Road 2 shows this week, maybe it was last week. Um, last week, I they, think. They did uh, Abushi and Shingo, they each had matches with a young lion, and I heard those were really good. I think it was, well, yeah, they did the young lion's gauntlet, so yeah. Um, yeah, Yumura and Yumura, however you say it, and um, Yodasuji both yeah. kind of ran the gamut of the top stars that are available at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, and the last night at Kurikin was, I think it was uh, Yuyamura and um, Abushi and Suji and Shingo. Yeah, and I think uh, especially the Ibushi Yumura match definitely got rave reviews. Um, I, I don't remember hearing as actually, you know, I, I do remember seeing some tweets about Suji and Shingo. Um, there's two beefy boys bumping beefs, so yeah, I'm in, I might go back and watch those. Yeah, uh, but night one, uh, which was Friday into Saturday here. Uh, the main event was, uh, you know, one of those rare junior main event matches. Uh, it was El Desperado defending against uh, Bullet Club's Taji Ishimori. Ishimori with another questionable hair choice, uh, <laughs> growing growing out the hair in a really weird, luscious kind of way. Um, but you know, it was, it was a he's a pretty little man. What can I say? He he, he, he is he's a handsome little fellow. Yeah, even um, if he looks like little Hercules, he's a pretty little man. <laughs> yes, uh, it was it was a fun match. Those guys really you know uh, have good chemistry together, and there was uh, one reversal sequence where um, Despi was going for. Uh, Pincho Loco, yes. uh, yeah. it's kind of like a tiger driver, double on hook sort of situation. And he, he lifted and hoisted him up, but Ishimori like did like a, um, uh, 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 a turn in the mid air and turned it into, and took Despi down to the mat into like a yes lock sort of situation. Oh, nice. It was, it was so crazy and fluid and out of nowhere that, like, I think Chris Charlton lost his mind uh, when it <laughs> happened. Uh, and I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of fucking impressive. Um, a lot of reversals. Um, Despi worked the uh, leg of Ishimori for the uh, numero dos uh, stretch muffler finish. And then Ishimori worked the shoulder of Despi throughout the match. You know, the typical shenanigans with chairs outside all that sort of stuff um you know not not a classic but it was a it was a fun juniors match uh despy retained the title um and then after the match as he was about to to cut his post-match promo cue the video screen and robert eagles shows up on the screen the sniper of the skies calling out uh and it was generic too he's like hey champ (laughs) <laughs> so he had that in the can yeah, for yeah, no they, matter they, who they won. banked that video <laughs> yeah uh but it was like look i don't know who's gonna have the rona so please yeah, right just cut a promo against the champion and whatever you do don't touch anybody in australia just yeah pretty much <laughs> so uh so robbie eagles coming back bubble? over i would imagine for the dome uh yeah. 
which is at the end of the month, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yeah, no, it, it is, uh, I believe it is the 23rd. Uh, oh, so that's only uh, over two weeks away. Any or... way you look at it, it is literally during the Olympics. Yeah. Which is yeah. weird because they're not using the Tokyo Dome for the Olympics. But yeah, whatever. you would think. Eh. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, uh, very excited to see uh, Robbie Eagles back in the mix in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Definitely yeah. been missed. Um, and right now, any shot of fresh talent to the arm of New Japan, um, much like the vaccine shot, is a well-needed shot to the arm. Yeah. Uh, so very excited for that. And then uh, tonight's main event, today's main event, whatever you're looking at in terms of timeline, uh, it was for the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles as a dangerous techers of ZSJ and Taichi defended against LIJs, Tetsuya Naito, and Sonata. And uh, Sonata, once again, bridesmaid, never a bride, as uh, Sonata and Naito are the new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. Yeah, uh, that was a shock to both of us. I think I don't think either of us really expected that to happen. Yeah, um, we were just talking but... about it last night, and we we're like, ah, yeah, techers are keeping it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Shingo is the uh, is the, is the heavyweight champ, and now you've got uh, Naito and um, Sonata as champ. Hiromu, I, they kept talking about Hiromu coming back soon. I didn't, I didn't get a date. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if it's at the dome if if that gets announced. That would be that would be awesome. Um, and then you know, there's Bushi. <laughs> fall guy, Bushi. There's Bushi. Um, Every stable needs a fall guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got uh, you got Jado for the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got uh, who's the Chaos Fall guy? Yoshi. Well, it was Yoshihashi. It was Yoshihashi's Yoshihashi. been uh, on the roll with this this trio, uh, the Never Six Man's. Who, who is in Chaos right now? Uh, you got uh, Rapongi Three K, Okada, Ishii. Um, let's uh, see. Yoshihashi and uh, no, kind of. Suzuki Goon. Current members. Yeah, who else is uh I'm trying to or who else has been around recently? Current group is Hiroki Goto, Kazuchiko Okada, oh, yeah, Goto. Mikey Nichols, Robbie Eagles, yeah, Rocky Romero, Sho, Tamahiro Ishii, Toriyano, Yo, Yano. and Yoshihashi. Uh I would say Nichols is definitely the fall guy. In that group, yeah. yeah, but you know, Yo will eat a pin and then play with some poop. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So anyway, uh, everybody has our fall guy. There exactly. you go. Exactly. Two things you need in life: a no guy and a fall guy. Yeah. Oh, and I think I saw that Toriano's doing uh, one of the King of Pro Wrestling things at the Tokyo Dome. Yes, yes. But no having the has they're having the the battle royal. Oh, is that what? Okay, I didn't click translate on the tweet. I just saw, I just saw Yano with, with yeah. the trophy. Yano's just gonna hang. <laughs> That's what it was. They were announcing they wanted to really move some tickets. Yano's gonna be there, guys. <laughs> Don't worry, we got him. He's got. He's gonna have a booth selling his curry. You know. <laughs> but Yano, not understanding COVID restrictions, is gonna serve it to you straight from his hand. He's just gonna, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's just gonna yeah, scoop I mean, it up. Yeah. Have you, right have to you your slurp mouth. it up. <laughs> All right, let's let's go ahead and pull it together with some coverage of. Well, we've been talking a while. Okay, yeah, it's flew, flew by this morning. Yes, indeed. AEW was live and on the road this week. Yeah, baby. Dynamite. Road Rager in yes. Miami. Yes, Bienvenido, Miami. 
Yeah. Will Smith very excited about the <laughs> show. Well, he'll be more excited when they head out to the Wild Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> That's next week. That's next week. Um, yeah. But yes, See? we were live. We were in front of fans. The crowd was hot. They were getting jiggy with it. Na 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 na. Na 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 na. And then your parents, aka Jim Cornette, just don't understand. <laughs> they don't. They don't. <laughs> but we're going to do some more coverage, just the two of us, as the show started with the South Beach. It's, yeah, let's run that back. The South Ooh. Beach Strap Match. Yeah, strap ones for everybody. Yes, as Cody Rhodes defeated QT Marshall, something you could have predicted by the fact that QT Marshall did not get an entrance on television. <laughs> well, come on. You're opening your first show back on the road. You have to start with the elaborate, over-the-top, unnecessary uh, Cody Rhodes candelabra entrance. Come on, man. <laughs> I understand, but I'm just saying, it, it, this was the blow-off to the summer feud. Well, we're assuming it's the blow-off. Oh, Let's not – yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anything point. can happen with uh, yeah. with the factory. Oh, I forgot. Anthony Agogo still needs to, to uh, right. you know, have his comeuppance for punching Cody in the stomach. Um but uh, this was a match where having a sold-out live crowd definitely enhanced what was every single strap match you've ever watched, yeah. albeit being done by Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall. It was fine. It was not Completely a bad match job. by any means. Um, the weird bit was the lights went out for mm. a, a moment or two during the match. I, of course, in my living room, yelled, Sabu. There was no Sabu. They just did their thing. Cody uh, goes to hit all four turnbuckles. It's cut off by QT. QT gets up in uh, in his face. Cody beats the crap out of him. Hits Locomotive 3 crossroads. Yep. Then taps all four corners to win the strap match and presumably the feud. And one would hope. Sean Spears would cut in a promo. And then as all Sean Spears promos should be finished from now on a chair from outside the camera came in and smacked him in the face surprise motherfucker yeah and that was sammy Guevara throwing the chair in his face who said that their feud was far from over if sammy does not win this feud somebody's fucking up yeah my god then uh kenny omega and hangman page came out awesome heel promo Yes, Callus was running down a lot of the same uh, things that Kenny said the week before about beating, you know, the most athletic star, the biggest sure. merch seller, all those things, um, saying that he's beaten everybody. But out comes the Dark Order to a massive pop. Yeah, it's so nice to see that. And Evil Uno comes out, cuts a quick promo. He's gotten so goddamn confident on the mic, by the way. Really has. Yeah. I was I was gonna I was gonna mention that. Uh he looks great. He dropped the LBs, looks good in the suit. Yeah. Cutting cutting a strong promo for uh for his for his pal, yeah. uh one hangman page. Yes. And and I think that they were hoping that the fans were going to chant hangman page, but instead they got cowboy shit. But hey, it's all good. Hey, you know. I, I do want to say, however, JR, please never say cowboy shiznit ever again. JR, please never say anything on microphone again <laughs> if I and were remember to have my druthers. The guy to your left, or sorry, it's oh, your it's right, right, our yeah. left, is Excalibur. <laughs> Excalibur. 
you know, when like he's the, not uh, wearing the, the mask, British X-Men, Excalibur. He's Mark. However, yeah. mask on, Excalibur. You're I mean, welcome. you know, there should be a whole Botchamania section just dedicated to JR Snafus because there was, you know. <laughs> Close to a handful of them on 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 this past Wednesday. I just I, I can't spend any more time talking about yes. me not wanting to hear Jr. anymore. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So um, uh, so Uno comes out talking about Hangman, and then Omega he, asked Uno what the capital of Thailand was. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, then kicked him in the balls and said, "It's Bangkok, baby." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the quintessential dick move right there, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Just Turned fantastic. Whole schmaz with the Good Brothers and Michael Nakazawa. Yeah. Then Hangman's music plays. People lose their mind. Huge pop uh, yeah, and well deserved. As close to an AEW to the old Steve Austin God pop as I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he beats up the goal. Uh, the Good Brothers. Omega's l- alone in the ring. Page gets all set up for the buckshot lariat. Doesn't hit it, gets real close to yeah. Omega's face, and uh, I, I I like that they are slow burning this. You well, know, yeah, they got another two months or a month and a half to build yeah. here. So yeah, uh, but you know they they know the destination and sure seeing Paige grow in confidence over the course of these next few weeks is going to be huge. Um, yeah, Carl Anderson distracts Omega, and then we get an escape to the ramp. And we're on to the next segment, which was an absolutely fantastic sit-down promo with Darby Allen and Ethan Page, Jim Ross moderating. This is where you use JR. Yes. Because he uh, he was the guiding hand for the best promo either guy has had in the company. Yeah, uh, I would say so, yeah. And, he, it, like, <sighs> they talk so much about the best heels, one who is justified in his actions. Yep. Ethan Page came off so justified in his hatred and, you know, dislike mm-hmm. of Darby Allen in this segment that you kind of were sympathetic to him, but he <laughs> delivers it in such a prick way. You cannot yeah. wait to see him get murdered. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very exciting next week for the coffin match. And yeah, Darby, you know, holding his own promo wise, yeah. not really known as a uh, as an amazing speaker but uh it was it was a really really good segment and i am now even more excited for this coffin match next week yeah yeah should be a hell of a show next week uh we'll get to that of course as we uh pull together the show we had the six-man tag pinnacle against inner circle uh it was ftr and wardlow against proud and powerful and jake hager uh apparently proud and powerful and uh, ftr decided we're throwing all the potatoes tonight yeah, man. Like Idaho in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was some, some strong, snug style right there, baby. Yeah, they were yeah. beating the shit out of each other, and I am here for it. Yeah. Um, and, and not in a, like, dudes were taking liberties. Like, that no. was a, we're going to do friendly fire all night, boys. Let's yeah. go. Like, that was awesome. Um, they, they, le- they leaned in, and I will say... If the uh, if AEW ever does introduce a trios uh, championship, if FTR and Wardlow aren't the standard bearers for that division, then there's an issue because goddamn, that's a dream team right there. Yeah, that I, I loved that that grouping. Uh, I I thought it was just a super fun match. I cannot wait, like you know, uh, to to throw in a Simpsons reference as we do. I cannot wait to get to the fireworks factory and finally see <laughs> FTR and Proud and Powerful. Um, 
hopefully for a title at some point. Yeah, uh, that feels like if they can somehow get the tag belts on one of those teams, that yeah. would be big for the Arthur Ashe show. Um, oh, yeah, in uh, New York. In New York, because Proud and Powerful are going to be over like Rover there, man. Like, Yeah, no doubt. It be huge. Um, in- yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, it was a bad joke I wasn't going to make. <laughs> I, I pulled the ripcord on it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> then, weirdly enough, the return of John Moxley, one of their biggest stars, was just announced. <laughs> That's my only complaint about this next segment, which was awesome, which is Carl Anderson cutting a promo because we're going to get Moxley versus Carl Anderson for the IWGP United States Championship. I thought it was really weird, though, that Mox was just name dropped. Is coming back next week. Yeah, but I mean, it's a title match, so you have to, you know, how, how else would you have done that? I would have had now my gut instinct going into the um, the street fight was this was going to be a big return train that we would have Phoenix return, we'd have Pack return, okay. and the big thing would be that Mox returns, and then okay. you have right. Mox return, you know get into a whole thing with the good brothers. Then you could have announced on Thursday on Twitter, like, you know, the Carl Anderson mocks things heating up. We're going to do it for the U S title. Um, and air that same promo, you know, put it on, put it on the internet. Uh, and it would have at least had the impact of, Oh shit, John Mox is back. Um, but you know, it it was what it was. Um, I'm still very excited for the match. Carl sure. Anderson cut the promo of a lifetime to put it, was it over. really good. Um, so I loved that. Uh, just I, I I feel like for what has been a linchpin level star for that company, having his return just sort of seep out like that. Well, kind of a miss for me. Maybe is a possibility that he wasn't available on Wednesday. I mean, yeah. you know, they still have a newborn at home, so maybe they couldn't uh, couldn't swing to get him out uh, yeah. to Miami from Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm just saying they made a big deal of the Bucks putting him out. That you know the the return being just a thing, kind of weird. Okay, yeah, no, I I, uh, I I would agree. Now that you spelled it out for me, yeah, um, MJF. Uh, and Chris Jericho had their face-to-face standoff. Uh, shades of WCW as someone ran in to try to attack the guys. That's all I'm going to say about this gentleman because somebody clearly thinks a response to the internet is worth paying attention to. So that's all yeah. he gets. Um, and unsurprisingly, uh, we are getting a series of matches uh, yeah. I, I appreciated MJF saying, hey, you know what? When you were going against John Moxley, Chris Jericho, you had him fight everyone in the inner circle. Cool. You have to fight everyone in Pinnacle. Yeah. Um, with stipulations to be announced. But it, of course, because it is a Chris Jericho segment, it has a title. It's the Labors of Jericho. <laughs> um, you know, it, it can't just be a, a segment. It's an in-ring confrontation or it's a summit or it's a parlay gotta come up with a catchphrase or something catchy to put on a t-shirt yes that's that's what he does but uh jericho stands tall after the promos the promos were very good uh mjf is the most natural promo guy (laughs) in the company right now just Uh, on another level of anybody one thing i noticed i thought was interesting was uh jericho was giving mjf time cues throughout the promo because they cut to him and he had three fingers on his face and then he had two fingers on his face. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah. And of oh, course, wow. right. after the two fingers, 
everything ended in two minutes. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. Well, who's giving him the cues? Does he have a earpiece in or something? I don't know. I mean, I know he's been producing lately, so possibly. I didn't know. I didn't know he'd been producing. Yeah, yeah he produced the um, most notably recently. He produced the uh, Tully and Conan segment from the Saturday Dynamite. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Britt Baker was backstage, cut a promo, including a statement that made the internet unreasonably angry uh, as yeah. she was talking about how the only reason why uh, the the tag match happened last week that hurt Rebel was so Vicky could bring in Andrade. Hope Tony Khan enjoys his blood money. Hey, maybe next time AEW can run a show in Saudi Arabia. Waka, waka, waka. Yep. And, uh, you know, saying that in two weeks in Dallas, she is going to retain her title against Nyla Rose. Yeah, I mean, aside from a couple questionable, uh, you know, things said, the state, the, the the promo was really good. I mean, Britt Baker and MJF, respectively, are the best promos in uh, in AEW by far. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the delivery was really good. And I, I love how Shivani both condemns and supports uh Britt baker's antics simultaneously i i find it really endearing yeah i i agree uh and like i said to you before that's what a true friend does that's right sees you for who you are yes um then we had the debut of andrade el idolo going one-on-one with matt sidow and let me tell you chris this match was an excellent stupendous showcase for matt sidow Wait, that yeah, was the point? Hang on. I don't know what happened with this match. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I don't know, like, did they not communicate ahead of time, or did it was he was it nerves? Did somebody fuck up the agenting on this? Like it, it was, it was, it was, it was hinky. Yeah, it was real weird. Um, Andrade came out looking like a million bucks, you know. Yeah, with the with the whole uh, Los Ingobernables gear of the the suit and the mask and yeah. everything. He looked like a star. They played him out like a star. For Music play. sucks. Uh, it, it sounds better if you hear it on its own. Oh, um, really? Because they put a YouTube upload, which speaks to that longstanding AEW problem of not having a direct feed from yeah. the uh, the yep. music to the show. Been saying that since day one. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, Andrade had some cool moments, like the, the double moonsault bit. Yep. Ruled. Loved yep. that. But... The match really made Sidal look good, which was strange. Yeah. And then and- uh, the finish, the, this hammerlock DDT, took forever to set up. It did not look good. No, I, and again, I don't know whose fault that was. Um, but yeah, it was it was a little disappointing uh, yeah. overall. And then um, uh, post-match Andrade does this like arm bar thing with a belt that took forever to set up. Yeah. So... Hopefully they uh, work iron out those kinks, yeah, uh, those wrinkles yeah. in the armor there, because not uh, not the most exciting of debuts as we would have hoped. No, no, on paper this should have been yeah. an absolute barn burner, and it had its moments. But yeah, there's uh, some good sequences in there, but yeah. it just it, it didn't. Uh, the two things didn't come together. Yeah. It was a, it was it was a it was a swirl instead of a full on blend. Exactly. Exactly. We had a Christian and Matt Hardy video promo putting over their match at Fighter Fest Night 1. Then, for some reason, Arn Anderson is out in the ring. <laughs> with I, Tony Schiavone, with yeah. With Tony Schiavone. I don't know why Arn... What, what was he... What was he going to do? Well, I just want to say Cody won a match. 
Woo! <laughs> like what? It was it was a it was a hype train for uh, for the nightmare uh, family. Let's call it that. Hey, I, my son look, looks like me. Woo! Like why? Look, <laughs> you had to get him in the ring somehow. So you just for whatever reason, throw him in there with Shivani, and then that'll that'll get you to the fireworks factory. Yeah. Well, uh, he's out there. Lights go out. I again scream Sabu. My wife wonders what's wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> lights come back on, and who's there? But Alistair Black, Tommy End, Funky Eyeball and all. Yeah. Hits probably the softest black mass he's ever hit on Arn. Well, the way the microphone flew out of his hand was just poetic. It was beautiful. 10 out of 10. Then Cody runs out. He gets murked with a black mass. Yeah, he does. (laughs) That was definitely... That was definitely Alistair, Tommy, Malachi, whatever you want to call him, just going, all right, I'm not going to fuck up on him. <laughs> yeah. That, Cody. Yeah, Co- Cody, time to eat shit, brother, pal. Yeah. Uh, and, I've never uh, wanted to be uh, Malachi Black more than in that exact moment, <laughs> King Cody in the face. And that includes his uh, his nuptials with Selena Vega. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, Malachi Black is the name, uh, as was revealed earlier that day in a uh, short film on Instagram. Yep. Um. And sure as shit, he's there. The crowd went ape shit. He looked amazing. Like this, this is what Andrade's debut should have been like. Yeah, especially seeing them back to back like that. It's like, oh, this is how the debut should go. Yeah. Um, that said, if I'm going to get a director's commentary from Malachi Black every Thursday on Twitch, I'm going to lose some interest real fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude needs to pump the brakes. Uh, I, I really, after a couple podcasts and this this Twitch thing, I'm like, okay, you you need to stop doing these. Yeah, yeah. it's just, just not. Just, it's destroying the allure of the character of just right. my interest because he kind of he kind of sounds like a goober. Now the the one thing I didn't entirely understand from the the promo from you know the short film which. Very impressive, you know, credit where credit is due. Dude made a, a cool promo video, um, which, you know, tied in real life shit, you know, uh, basically writing off that he'd been in an insane asylum since April 2017, which was when he signed to WWE. Yeah, but um, I mean, Mox did the same thing of like oh, being released sure. from jail. So, uh, you but know, how his eye was injured by a fellow patient who mm-hmm. uh, is Buddy Murphy, um, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I, I, I thought it was a clever thing. And hey. Credit where credit is due. Dude's selling an injury from another company. <laughs> um, yeah, that was an interesting choice, but okay, sure. I'll roll with it. Uh, but the Seems thing- like just a lot of extra work. Yeah. The thing like, that- this was kind of a clean slate. Like, you don't have to do any kind of you know, contact right. lens or makeup or anything. Yeah. But no, he's going to give himself more work to do. Okay, yeah, sure, he, bud. Well, he has become like the fifth person in AEW with one weird contact lens, so... <laughs> uh, rats off to you, Malachi. Uh, yeah. The thing that I couldn't understand was they identified him as both Tommy End and Malachi Black. So, Chris, I ask you: Yeah, is this a Finn Balor demon or Bray Wyatt fiend situation where there's Tommy End, but there's also Malachi? No, I think it will just. It, we're just going to have Malachi Black, and I feel like you know, I feel like Excalibur. Knowing the history of Excalibur would yeah. have been weird for him to say, who is this man? I've never seen this man before yeah, in my no, life. They, they've worked matches together. So, right. As, as he said. And so I think that that was, you know, 
the, the man has changed. This man is no longer Tommy End as he was 15 years ago when we had matches. This man is now Malachi Black, and he is a much more dark, sinister force than anything I've ever dealt with sort of situation. Right, so I right, feel like right. it was just kind of a the gradual next step in evolution of this character, yeah. of this well, performer. Anyway, you slice it. Cannot wait to guy. see what happens with here with him here. Really, the only bummer for me is that Malachi is going to be stuck in the Cody verse, the most boring corner of AEW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, into the Cody verse. Could you imagine how <laughs> dreadful a movie that would be? be we see it. Bad. We see. We see. We and, see. And, you, and of it every we week. say that knowing uh, you were a big Stardust guy. I was. I loved Star. Well, you know. Yeah. He didn't have creative control at the time. <laughs> he, that was yeah. something that was he given hated to him. Stardust, <laughs> and he, but he made it. He made it fun. Um, and now that he, you know, calls his own shots, it's, you know, you really get an idea of the, you know, the, the, I, I, you know, maybe the chair shot from Sean Spears really knocked something loose, and this is all, <laughs> this is all his fault. I mean, I'll gladly blame Sean Spears for anything and everything because yeah. that guy sucks. So, yeah. We had an intergender tag match, Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander against the Blade and the Bunny. Um, fun match, however, this feud must continue. Let me ask you this. Which is a weirder color? Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc Gallo's arms or Braxton Sutter's entire body? <laughs> I, I can't. I don't know what shade of, <laughs> of hideous that is. But man, he's he's a little crispy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one thing I thought was kind of weird about this was, ultimately, for the feud, which is the Blade and Arch Casty, the Blade is winning this fucking thing because he knocked yeah. out OC. It was just due to miscommunication and right. a quick tag by Chris that you know we ended up getting a win for the best friends. Uh, so it was it was kind of a weird finish to that match. Well, I think it I think it works. I mean, it, you know, it, it puts over the blade and, you know, the brass knuckles, uh, you know, as as the the, the cheating shitheads. Um, but, you know, and then protects OC by not having him eat the pin. Um, and, you know, the more Chris Statlander I get in the ring, uh, I'm very OK with that. Yes. So, uh, yes. yes, very let, nice. Let, it, let it continue. Yes, yes. I'd like to crash a pit spaceship into there. <laughs> <laughs> we had a video package as Jungle Boy was awarded a trophy for becoming the first roster member to reach 50 victories. This is a little awkward. And that is a Chekhov's gun that I thought was going to fire a lot sooner. I, I, I thought he was going to get murked by somebody and that that chintzy looking trophy was going to be absolutely demolished. But I guess maybe that's next week. Maybe, or it's just, uh, you know, it was just that. It was it was just odd. Uh, I feel like a video package, like, sh- showing all of, you know, all of his 50 pins or submissions in quick succession would have been more effective than him standing there in, you know, athletic shorts and uh, no shirt holding a trophy. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was just a little odd presentation-wise. Maybe it'll pay off, uh, yeah. but we'll have to wait and see. Tony Schiavone was ringside with Dan Lambert, who runs America Top Team. Which yeah, is this was an MMA training group. Very weird segment. Definitely probably should have been something for the live crowd only. Uh, because basically he cuts this gigantic heel promo. Uh, Lance Archer comes out and murders him. Yeah, he cut an amazing promo, though. He did. But it, what's weird is that he was essentially echoing everything that Jim Cornette yes. complains about. Yes. Um, 
So I don't know if this is their surrogate way of getting back at Jim Cornette by having Lance Archer come out and give him the um, whatever the fuck they call his finisher. Uh, the blackout. Blackout. Yeah. Um, you know, it was satisfying to see him take that. And he took it like a champ. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, 100%. Um, but uh, also, if I'm him and I'm cutting this promo in the ring and then this large man comes to accost me. If I have two MMA fighters that I train sitting at ringside and they don't come to help me, I'm questioning why. Yeah, yeah. America's top team's about to be down two people. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Even if they're the two fuck, most guys? successful current people. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, what? Amanda Nunez and some guy I've never heard of. Uh, Jorge Monsvidal, who is one of the top fighters in UFC right now. <laughs> okay, there you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah that, actually, that name does sound a little familiar. Yeah. Uh, but. By the way, shout out Conor uh, McGregor's ankle. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Shutter uh, out. Yes. Main yeah. event was a street fight for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, as was the Young Bucks defending against Eddie Kingston and Penta El Zero Miedo. Um, this match was very good. I thought, however, it was lost in the shadow of the prior week's match. Like, I thought the prior week's match blew this one away, as fun as this was. Well, yeah, this was the fun plunder match, and last week yeah. was the wrestling match. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the the plunder stuff was fun. The destroyer off the apron into the fucking table was ridiculous. Good lord, <laughs> <laughs> that table exploded. <laughs> yeah, it did. That was that was absolutely awesome. Um, Not the first and, time that Matt's taken one of those, and it looked like he died. Yeah, he's got a, a cybernetic neck at this point. I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it turns into a whole schmoz with, you know, the good brothers coming out, all that fun stuff. Finish was, uh, the Bucks threw thumbtacks in the face of Penta. Mm -hmm. Then Matt put tacks in the mouth of Eddie Kingston and Kingston eats stereo super kicks. Yeah. For a cover and pin. Sick finish. Really yeah. fun match. Really enjoyed it. Eddie Kingston, by the way, getting to perform in front of the second biggest crowd of his career. And they were super into him. Just yeah. absolutely heartwarming. Uh, you love to see it. You yes. love to see it. And I don't know. Would I guess this would be the end of that feud? Uh, at least this stage of it. Um, right. You know, I, I, I think the long tail is, you know, they've tried Pack and Phoenix. They've yeah. tried Penta and Pack. They've tried Penta and Eddie. You need Penta and Phoenix to beat the Young Bucks. Yeah. I mean, did they win at the first All Out? Yeah, they did. They did because uh, that's how they got the um, AAA, AAA tag titles, tag which they champion. still yeah, have. Right, and they are defending oh, wow. at Triple Mania this year. Wowzers! Yeah. Okay. Um. So I I I think let let's go nuts. Let's do mask versus hair. Let's finally get uh, Nick Jackson properly bald. Let's do this. Oh man! Yes, hell yeah! That's a great yeah. idea. Uh, but next week we've got Fighter Fest in Austin, Texas. Night one, completely sold out. I think nice. it's something like seven thousand people for that Hell one. Hell yeah! Uh, stacked card. You got Hangman Page cutting a promo, which I admit just is a promo, but still, Yuka Sakazaki, uh, who was part of the Elevation tapings that mm -hmm. were done on Wednesday. Uh, she returns to Dynamite, going against Penelope Ford. Christian Cage goes against Matt Hardy. For the FTW Championship, Brian Cage defending against Ricky Starks in a match I am way stoked for. Yeah, it should rule. 
IWGP US Heavyweight Championship, John Moxley defending against Carl Anderson should be a great match. And then the coffin match between Darby Allen and Ethan Page. I think that goes on last. Makes sense. Um, should be a hell of a show. We get to find out what's going on with uh, Malachi Black and who the hell knows what else is going to happen. And Chris, somewhat breaking news for you. Good Uh-oh. sir. Uh, not 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 a gimmick to go out on. Uh, this is legitimate. Uh uh, he did not say what, but from this morning, Dressing Observer Radio, he said a massive surprise is in the works for the Arthur Ashe Stadium show this September. Massive surprise he said September. Bigger, he said bigger than Andrade. <sighs> I mean, honestly, uh, was Alistair Black bigger than Andrade? I guess not. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, I legit don't know who he means. I mean, okay, I'm trying to think of who would be available. Everybody would be available by that point. Yeah. That show would be post all out. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, I would say if Daniel Bryan doesn't show up on Friday, then there's a good chance it might be Daniel Bryan. That is where where I'm thinking. I'm either thinking that or the fucking yen coin hits and everybody shits their pants. <laughs> As it's Kazuchika Okada. Oh boy, yeah, 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 yeah. Make it rain in Arthur Ashe Stadium. I'd, I'd be, uh, I'd be okay with some Okada bucks falling from the sky there. Um, but really, and uh, this is going to pop you and you alone. So I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I think the uh, the real big, <laughs> you already know, God, the real big super uh, superstar surprise at uh, at Arthur Ashe Stadium, massive, as Uncle Dave would say, is uh, none other. Then the model, Rick Martel. <laughs> <laughs> The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Kristoff. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. Are you looking for a gimmick enhancement? Want to try something new with an air of class, refinement, and nobility? Well, look no further than Mr. Fancy Pants' English nobility gimmick finishing school. Lord Stephen Regal, Earl Robert Eaton, and Hunter Hurst Helmsley are all proud graduates of our world-renowned program. You'll learn to curtsy, apply overly long finishing holds, and gain an exceptionally average physique. You'll earn an appreciation for Victorian era ankle-length robes, awkward British references that your hayseed audience will not understand, and gain permanent mid-card status. Mr. Fancy Pants English Nobility Gimmick Finishing School will turn you into quite the little shit.